This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, whether that's Rovers throwing in a drab nil-nil in the Championship or taking Newcastle all the way to a penalty shootout in the fifth round of the FA Cup, You'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So, the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome to the 4,000 Holes podcast. A little bit of whimsy in your Rover supporting day. Hello and welcome to the 4,000 Holes podcast. In this episode, we collaborated with the guys from the Blue Moon podcast to talk about four games between Manchester City and Blackburn Rovers. This is Heaven and Hell. Hope you enjoy Hello, welcome to City Heaven, City Hell. I'm David Mooney. I am joined by City fan Murd. Hello, Murd. Hi, Dave. You okay? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Not too bad. Uh, Well, today we are reviewing four matches between City and Blackburn Rovers. Two wins and two defeats. Murd has nominated a Heaven and a Hell match. And so is our guest for today's show, Ian Herbert from 4,000 Holes. Hi, Ian. Hi. Um, Before we get going, Ian, I'm going to ask ask you, um, 4,000 Holes, what what does that mean? (laughs) Oh, well, you're giving your age away now, you see, by not not getting the reference straight away. Yeah. So the the fanzine started uh, in the late 80s, and it's a reference to a Beatles song. So uh, it's last track on Sgt. Pepper, A Day in the Life. 
and John Lennon sings about 4,000 holes in Blackburn, Lancashire. Right. So if your listeners who aren't old farts like me want <laughs> to go back and get on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever and listen to Sergeant Pepper, Day in the Life, cracking song, but that's where the 4,000 holes reference comes from. So people who get it... Immediately, I can sort of say, right, I, I know at least how old you are. People who don't get it, like your good self, you know, how dare you flaunt your youth in my direction? <laughs> yeah, I feel awful now because there's, there's a couple of my mates who are big uh, big Beatles fans. So that's uh, well, that's, well that's, hopefully they're, they're tutting loudly when they listen to this. Yeah, um, yeah. So let's, I mean, let's talk about the football. That's where I, that's where I am in my comfort zone. I don't do music very well, but I do football quite well. Um, we're going to flip the order around for this one. So normally, regular listeners will know that we do uh, the heavens first, but um, for reasons that'll become clear we're going to do the hells first uh, so we'll start with ian's hell um it finished city six blackburn nil on the 17th of september 1983 uh, blackburn was sixth in division two with eight points from five games city meanwhile they were fourth 10 points from five games um city's goals that day uh, andy may scored uh, the opener Derek parlane got a hat trick uh, then uh, baker who i'm murd i am very sorry i don't know his first name um and then jim yeah, yeah. told me yeah uh, Jim told me uh, just before half time as well. Um, 3 0 at half time. Murd, uh, we'll come to your memories in a second. But I mean, Ian, obviously, 6 um, 0. I can, I can see why it's hell for you. <laughs> yeah, well, they're, they're Rovers being Rovers. I mean, I know the phrase that you associate with Man City is typical City, but I think this was typical Rovers. Uh, back, in, back in the day, back in September 1983, uh, I was preparing to go back to university. So I wanted to cram in as many games as I could before I went back. The week before this, we beat Derby County 5-0, Simon Garner scoring all five and taking home the match ball. So it then became, well, are we going to go to City next week? Well, yeah, of course we are. You know, we're both riding high in the table. What could possibly go wrong? And so this was the, the last game I saw before going back to university. <laughs> and... Suffice to say, the scoreline is burnt into my memory, but I've successfully managed to avoid remembering any of the details of the game. And thankfully, I don't think there's any video or audio coverage that's readily available on Google. So you just have to take my word for it that we were dreadfully unlucky on the day. And obviously, <laughs> City had six lucky breakaways. Yeah. Uh, Murd, well, um, uh, if if Ian's trying to claim that it was six lucky bl- uh, breakaways, can you uh, can you knock back that claim by any chance? <laughs> um, I can. Uh, so I, I remember this season. So we, we'd just gone down. Um, and I, I have to say, by the way, it's really hilarious that you beat Derby. Was it 5-0, did you say? It and was then, 5-0. The, the week yeah, before. Yeah, it reminds me, of, reminds me, David, of when we beat... Uh, United 5-1, then went to Derby and got beat 6-0. <laughs> it, that's football for you. Um, so so I, I remember that. We'd, we'd obviously just gone down in the in the May to Luton on the last day of the season, but I'm over it. And um, You don't and, have to pretend. You know, we're, and, we're all friends uh, here. We still had the remnants of, of that top flight side and we had some really strong... We had still had Tommy Case and still had Ray Ranson. And then... Billy McNeil came in. We got relegated. We got Billy McNeil, who was a top manager at the time. We duped him into thinking we had all this money, and we had none. So he scoured the Scottish divisions and got Parlane um, and Jim Tolmey and Neil McNabb. Uh, and actually, we had a really attacking team. And we didn't go up because we had, it was a really strong season that season where Newcastle, Chelsea and Sheffield Wednesday went up. We had a really good side that season, arguably as good, if not better, than the side that went up the following season. Um, but I remember that game purely for Derek Parlane. He was a bit of a hero. I'm from a Scottish family, and he scored a hat trick. 
my memory of my first three or four seasons watching City, you didn't see too many hat-tricks. In fact, that might have been the very first hat-trick I actually saw <laughs> from a City player. And I thought, that, that's that's really weird. He, he keeps putting the ball in the back of the net. What What's going on? <laughs> but I, but, but the, the big standout for that game was Jim Tolmey. So he was an absolute class act. He was absolutely brilliant. He was the one who we went to Chelsea uh, around about that time and won one nil. They were a really good side in that division. Won one nil and he scored a, a proper Zico free kick. And in this game, he was exactly the same. Whenever the ball came to him, something happened. And I can that that season was brilliant for him for Jim Tolmey. Uh, and as I say, we 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 started off really well. Started off really positively. Um, as I say, we had no money to strengthen. We sold Caton, we sold Ransom, usual story. And I think we finished fourth behind those three good teams. But that particular game um, was was particularly standout for me because I think I had my first bona fide hero that I'd seen live, which was Derek Parlane. Yeah. So I remember it well. And it was red hot as well, which I know you'd expect me to say, but it definitely was really hot. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ian, for, for, for Rovers at that time, how did that season go? Well, we finished six and we finished three points behind you uh, that season. So had we uh, <laughs> we performed slightly better in that game, who knows? We might have actually know, yeah. finished finish higher than you. Rovers during the 80s were a phenomenon, really, because we, we had a run, particularly late in the 80s, were finishing in playoff positions uh, and then screwing it up in the in the playoff semi-final or in one memorable instance when it was a two-legged affair against Crystal Palace in the final. Rover's side was assembled on a shoestring uh, and it was alchemy that was at play, really, in terms of looking back at the side. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think if, if we paid a fee for any player that was in the team at that time. We, we, I presume we did, but it would be you know low tens of thousands. But Rovers, it was the sum of the parts was was greater than the individuals. They they really gelled together, and it was extremely rare that they conceded many goals. So this game really did stand out. And I think on the way home, there was it was a real shock, uh, having seen the five nil win the week before. It was kind of that well, oh cracky, maybe we aren't actually that good. Yeah, maybe maybe this is a precursor to really being in trouble. But as the season unfolded, we sort of like got on an even keel, and it was very much of an outlying result. And as I say, we finished in six, uh, just three points behind City. So for for us, that was that was a classic Rovers season, promising so much, just falling short at, at the death. But that was in the days before the playoffs. But in the late eighties, we made failure in the playoffs very much our uh, our thing. Yeah, um, Murd for for City around that time as well. I mean, what what were your what what were your memories of of, of where City were going at that time? Because we know the nineties went went away for City. Um, what about the eighties? The eighties were were equally as dreadful. You'll be pleased. To know. <laughs> um, so we, as I say, we'd got we'd got the FA Cup final early uh, in the eighties in eighty one. Uh, we'd bought Trevor Francis, record fee. Uh, we were actually top at Christmas in the 81-82 season and then tailed off. <clears throat> and then the 82-83 season was just an unmitigated disaster. And as the well-worn stat knows, <clears throat> uh, is well aware, is that that season we hadn't, 82-83, we hadn't been in the bottom three all season until we played Luton on the last day of the season and they beat us 1-0 in the 86th minute. And that, I mean, we were already struggling. Mismanagement in the late 70s. We'd spent a fortune to try and catch up with United. It hadn't worked. Uh, and it all, all our chickens came home to roost. We were we were broke, relegated. And so 
it was it was a pretty lean time in terms of enjoyment uh, those those years we we got promoted after two years then we got relegated after two years then we got promoted after two years so it was a bit yo-yo um in terms of in terms of the the bright spark was getting a, a manager of billy McNeil's stature in in 83 We'd, you know, he he went on to say he was clearly duped. He got told he had money for transfers. You know the old story, and and he didn't have any. Um, so it was just a case of typical city gallows humour. You just get on with it and enjoy it, and you enjoy the promotions. Back then, you knew that a relegation wasn't far around the corner, and that it was going to happen. But it was all at the all at the hands of of one person, which was our chairman, who just led us to mismanagement for for that for that prior ten years. Yeah, is that Peter Swales by any chance? It was. Yes, yeah. right on the. I, I was at university with his daughter. Right. There's a there's a claim to fame. <laughs> she, she was very pleasant, really nice. Yeah. Well, one of one of that family has to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's keep the misery going then. In that sense, it's weird to talk about misery after a six 0 win, but here we are. Um, Murd, <laughs> we're going to your hell game now. Uh, it oh. finished Blackburn two City nil on the eleventh of March two thousand and seven. Uh, this was an FA Cup quarter final tie. Uh, the semi final at Old Trafford or Villa Park was on the cards. City hadn't been to a semi final since their FA Cup final appearance in uh, eighty one, as Murd was talking about earlier. Uh, in the league, Blackburn were tenth in the Premier League with forty points. City was 17th with 30 points, but they had played two fewer games and they were six points clear of the bottom three. Here's what happened that day. Touched on by Pedersen, McCarthy, McQuena. McQuena! It's his first goal for Blackburn Rovers. It's coming an FA Cup quarter-final. Roberts. And now Petter. And Derbyshire! Semi-finals. Here they come. And they are... So, Murd, there are seven words that come to my mind with this uh, with this game. Um, you're not fit to wear the shirt. Well, that was the most polite song sang, <laughs> all um, and uh, it was it was. There've been some really vitriolic times supporting that football club, and I, I would honestly say that that ahead of any relegation or getting knocked out of a tournament that. You, you were duty bound to win. That was the most vitriolic in terms of fans versus fan, their own fans, fans versus players. It was, it was, it was pretty horrendous. And for me, I, I was thinking about this game earlier. That absolutely marked the beginning of the end for Stuart Pearce. I, was, um, I think I think that beginning of the end had happened earlier. You know, I think I think this was a culmination of um, frustration at how this season was going. At the fa- the fact, I mean, by this time, by March, they'd not scored a home goal in the league for two months. There, I, I think I think this this is when it came to yeah. a head. To be honest, yeah, and and it, well, it was, and a lot of it was aimed at Pierce. I think when he was appointed, people knew he was completely out of his depth. A few derby wins obviously got him on the right side of the supporters, but generally the lack of effort, I, I can't recall. And of course, mind, your mind plays tricks with you, time plays tricks with you, but in terms of the lack of effort, I can't recall a performance that was that abject as that. And the players got it big time at the end of that game, and rightly so. And I remember, was it Richard Dunn tried to go in and appease the crowd? And, and you know, Dunny was adored, Right. But he was also part of the problem. There wasn't any player that came out of that with any kind of credit, but the manager and you know there are statistics that season, but ten goals at home all season, and 
there was that recent clip of Stuart Pearce saying they only got rid of me once the money came in. I mean, misguided or what? They got rid of him <laughs> because it was one of the worst top flight sides I've ever seen. And when you look at the players, we didn't have a, they weren't that bad, you know. We had some good. We had Sylvan Distan was a top Premier League centre half. We had Richard Dunn. We had Stephen Ireland. We had Joey Barton. Great, technically gifted footballers. Um, we had Darius Vassell, who was in the World Cup squad. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. The, it, but he didn't know what to do with them. But the players had lost interest in what he was telling them. It was. It was. It was all. It was a really, really poorly, poorly sick atmosphere. From the minute that first one went in, you just knew. And and, back, and the context behind it is that a football club with no money, who owed millions, that had to sell Sean Wright Phillips to survive, you've got a hope of the FA Cup because it's, what, six games? Yeah. Seven games, like six games? You've got you've got no chance of winning the league. You're not in Europe. Or if you're in Europe, it's via the back door and you, you're out before you're in. The FA Cup and the Carling Cup are, are, your, are your chance. And we I think we'd beaten Preston away, which was a really good performance. It was on, on BBC. We'd beaten Sheffield Wednesday. I think we'd beaten Southampton as well. Again, not a bad Premier League side at the time. So hope was like quarterfinals. Manchester City in the quarterfinals. And then when you realised after about 20, 25 minutes it wasn't going to happen and all your hopes had gone, then the hopes just turned to anger. And as I say, fans turned on fans, but towards the end of the game, it was just all on the players. Yeah. Ian, from from a Blackburn point of view from this game, um, uh, did you guys e- even realise kind of what situation City were in? When when you, when you, when you, when the draw was made, were, were you like, this is an opportunity for us as much as, as anything else? I think so, because it, you know, it was a home tie. We... We, we've got a really entertaining side under Mark Hughes at that time. and we, We'd been to the semi-finals having beaten Leicester City a couple of years earlier, I think it was. Uh, and so the, in the sixth round, you're at home. It's okay, it's a team in the same division, but you're higher than them. You're on a bit of a roll. And I think we went into it cautiously optimistic, shall we say. The fact that City conceded the opening goal to Aaron McQuainer who, well, <laughs> yeah, the fact that he actually got a shot on target was was quite something. Uh, known for being a bit of an iron man, holding midfield, ball winning uh, midfielder, not not certainly not a goal scoring midfielder. So when somebody like that pops up and scores, you think you, you're in with it. But there was always that nervousness during the game. My recollection was that you know one nil, you're just fearful that you're going to present a chance to the opposition and. Well, then it would have involved going going to a replay, and the chance had gone. But I think we had to we had to win at Ewood. The one regret I have in my Rovers supporting life is that we've we've never appeared in an FA Cup final, and having been beaten by Arsenal, this was another chance to sort of like get get to Wembley, and we, we were really up for it, really up for it. And when we won that day, you thought, oh crikey, yeah, maybe just maybe. But we we drew Chelsea in the semi final. Uh, and that was that kind of thing. But we gave it a really good go in the semi-final. And this, I think, set us up for it quite nicely. But we had a wonderful side under Hughes. There were a lot of flair players. And I think it was one of the, the more entertaining eras uh, in the modern in the modern age of supporting Blackburn Rovers. Two guy, one of my all-time Rovers yeah, heroes, Benny McCarthy up front, David Bentley. Really, really flair players who weren't afraid to try something ingenious and try something a little bit different, uh, yeah. and you know, 
it was it was a great day for us and got to the semi-final but as i say sadly it didn't work out yeah i think that possibly the worst thing about it Murd, was uh, that blackburn were down to 10 men for a long time in this yeah. game and city i mean city didn't even muster a shot no it was as if do you know that chris, chris mara clip where he didn't know the man had been sent off yeah it was like our players hadn't realized that they were playing against 10 men <laughs> and they were just they were just playing within themselves just that was a Rovers game it. as well. Maybe there's something in it. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe, maybe there is. But yeah, it, it, I, I can't. It was. It was. It was pathetic. It was a really pathetic display, and there was a lot of anger towards the board, and there, and there was a lot of anger towards Stuart Pearce, and he was out of his depth, and the board was skint. There's not much you can do when the person in charge is out of the depth and the board is skint. There's not much you can do in that moment in that game. But what the boys can do is turn up. And I know it sounds like I'm taking an awful lot away from Blackburn here, but I'm not. But they just looked like they didn't want to be there that day. And, of course, the great thing about Ewood Park, and it's a ground that a lot of us miss dearly, is that the allocation you get is outstanding. I mean, you get that full end, what is it, 7,000? Yeah. I think it's 7,000. And so it wasn't just 3,900 fans, you know, your standard away allocation. It was the whole end. Everyone had been on it all day. And to put in a performance against such a huge away following, it was just, it was, obviously you can laugh about it now, but it was just, it was just pathetic. And as I say, for me, that was, it might have happened before, David, you might be right, but I reckon that that, in my mind, that was a milestone for him, him being on his way. It was possible. To be fair, it's possibly the day that decided what his fate would be. Um, Mm. But it's, uh, but I, I I think, I, I think his decline had, had, begun a lot earlier than that and it's I mean it's it's not an era that we like to dwell on why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them with Royal Caribbean you don't just go to the beach you visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America you don't just go for a road trip you ATV and zip line through the jungle you don't just go somewhere new you rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This break is brought to you by Adobe Photoshop. Here's a fun fact. Every day, millions of people around the world use Photoshop to create all kinds of cool stuff. Designs for t-shirts and posters, graphics to promote brands and businesses, images for social and websites. Anyone can do it. And to the guy who put a bulldog's head on a parakeet's body, you, sir, are a genius. Get started for free today. Click or tap the banner to head over to Photoshop.com. Let's keep them again. Let's keep the misery coming. Um, Ian Seven <laughs> is coming up. Uh, it's uh, it finished Manchester City one, Blackburn oh. Rovers three on Boxing Day, nineteen ninety four. Uh, City were ninth in the Premier League table with twenty eight points from nineteen games. Blackburn were top. They had forty three points from the, from the nineteen, and they were two points clear as well. Here's the match of the day report of the game from Graham Lasso's cross. Chris Sutton almost scored. The Blackburn Rovers' deadly double barrel was on target. Alan Shearer from the rebound. Next, from a corner by Jason Wilcox, City managed only a half clearance. Mark Atkins returned the ball with interest. It was John Foster who contributed the deflection. City recouped a little with a Gary Flitcroft free kick and a Niall Quinn header. 
there was still well over an hour left, but there was only one more goal. It came courtesy of a free kick. City may be anticipating a blast from Shearer, but caught out by a curler from Lasso. Blackburn back on top with a get well soon message for Kenny Dalglish recuperating from an appendix operation. There we have it. Um, first things first. I mean, that, that's the match of the day that I miss. Uh, the, I, I'm, that's Gerald Sinstat, isn't it? The uh, the commentator. It is indeed, yes. Yeah, um, and it's a it's a voice that was synonymous with my growing up watching football. So I uh, I love things like that. Um, Ian, this game. Um, I mean, this would be the year that you went on to to win the title. So what what does this game mean in the context of that season? Well, I think. We'd finished fourth in our first season up. We then finished runners-up in the second season. And I think there was a, a sense around the place that if we were going to do it, it had to be this season. And Rovers fans, being Rovers fans, would pour over the fixture list and go, well, that's a difficult one, that's a difficult one, that could be tricky, that could be tricky. And this fell very much under the category of that could be tricky. I think for, for little old Blackburn Rovers kind of thing to go to Manchester City, you're always you're always sort of like looking over your shoulder and thinking, you know, should we really be here? Are we here on merit? Well, we absolutely were back then. Um, and that day, we came out of the traps really, really quickly. Two, two fairly, fairly early goals. And it's almost like you scored too soon here. <laughs> you know, you've given them plenty of time to get back into it. And it was lovely to hear um, get the, the mention of Gary Flickcroft there, of course, who later later came over to Ewood. Um, but when it got back to two one, there was that nervousness. And again, are we going to throw it away uh, and cost us vital points? And it was neck and neck and neck all the way through that season with United, of course, culminating in that astonishing final day. But when Graham Lasso popped up and just curled that one into the top corner, there was kind of like a blessed relief that we've got that two-goal cushion back. Maybe, just maybe, because you looked at the league table after that game, we're halfway through the season, near as damn it, and you're thinking, well, we're up there. Yeah, we could do this, you know, we could do this. And I think it helped galvanise the belief around the fans. So from that perspective, it was absolutely a terrific day. Of course, you did as Easter, didn't you? It caused a load <laughs> of grief. But that was another potential candidate for, for hell. But uh, obviously, yeah. it wasn't quite as crushing as the 6-0 defeat. And we still finished top. But yeah, yeah, it was it was good to get that result under our belt at that stage of the season. I was going to say, Murd, that result uh, around the Easter time, uh, it, oh. it, it, it was conflict, conflicting, wasn't it? Because of, uh, of who they were up against. Yeah, well... Normally it would be, but obviously we, we were in deep trouble. We were in big trouble. Funnily enough, we'd found ourselves in deep relegation trouble again. Uh, there's a theme. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, Easter weekend, we had Liverpool at home and Blackburn away. And basically we needed a, it's just a point, anything, just out of these, just to lift the space. We won both games. <laughs> and that is just the Manchester City way. But, but going back to that game, so <clears throat> that was a... That 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 was a Brian Horton time. So when he came in in 93, 93, 94, uh, and then the start of 94, 95, the football was brilliant. Ian, we we played four two four, two wingers, two strikers. It was just it was just proper sunshine football uh, that City, a lot of that generation, that older generation back then had been brought up in the 60s and 70s. And it was going really well. And I remember going to Ipswich away with City. We beat a decent Ipswich side at the time, a 2-0. And uh, the start of December, and uh, I've since spoken to Brian Horton about this, and he asked for a couple of players and obviously got short shrift. By this time, we'd changed chairman uh, to someone who's just as bad. in uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, um, But 
what dawned on me when I was thinking about this game is this game probably turned our season round for the wrong reasons. So we were doing all right. We were like fifth or sixth, maybe seventh. And we got some good results leading up to Christmas. And a lot of City fans, including myself, were under this under this impression that we actually were a decent side. And then your lot came into town and it wasn't a three. With the best will in the world, it wasn't a 3-1 game. It could have been anything. It could have been absolutely anything. You absolutely ran us ragged. The quality on show. And I remember that game. And I remember thinking, oh, you know, United will win the league. It always happens. What you know, they'll have a the plucky challenger. Pre- previously, it had been Villa, it had been other teams. They'll win the league. And then I saw Blackburn and thought, oh, no, this lot are the real deal. Actually, I think it's time for Blackburn to strap themselves. And I think this lot are the real deal. They absolutely hammered us. And again, we'd been on a good run. Um, Shearer was amazing. He terrorised the entire back four that day. Your back four were just really lean as well. And again, you know, we had some good players. We had the aerial threat of Quinn. Flickcroft was fantastic for us around about that time. But yeah, that I think that result turned our season around because after that, we were on such a bad run that we were in and around the top six that by Easter, we needed to get results from Liverpool and Blackburn to have a chance of staying up. And we did. And we, we won both of those. And I was hoping that that game would have been included, actually, because that was a memorable away game at, at, at Ewood Park. But yeah, I think we got I think we got put well and truly in our place when we realised that the quality of players that Blackburn had had were streets ahead of where we were going. Yeah. Ian, for, for you, this must be... I, I mean, I'm guessing this must be kind of like the standout season. Oh, of course. Of course. Um, you know, I, in one of my earliest Rovers supporting seasons, we won the third division league title. And I saw Rovers win a league title and hold up a trophy. Little did I guess that 20 years later we'd be holding up the the well the Premier League trophy, the top tier trophy. Clearly, it was just absolute dreamland. Never expected it in, in my wildest dreams to even to see Rovers in the top division. To be perfectly honest, just winning promotion and that those initial two seasons, it, it was absolutely beyond belief. I think we have Rovers fans pinch themselves, particularly those of a of a generation that have remembered the hard times. Um, I wouldn't trade anything. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't give anything away for 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 that spell. Those three years, uh, the first three years in the Premier League were just like the best ever. The best ever. If, if I don't, if I don't see Rovers win another game after that, frankly, you know, it was just unbelievable to see us at the top of the table, uh, ahead of Manchester United, ahead of Liverpool, teams like that. It was it, you know, the Premier League was a different era then. I'm looking at the team sheet now and sort of seeing like Tony Gale in our in our back four, a free transfer given away by West Ham the season before. Uh, Mark Atkins, who came to us as a right back from Scunthorpe, anchoring the midfield. He replaced David Batty, who got injured and played. Yeah, played his heart out that season. was uh, was an, an absolute unsung hero. But the uh, the pure quality that was Alan Shearer, I've never seen a footballer in the flesh yeah. um, control a game like that. Of course, you've got young Harland at the moment, who is possibly <laughs> having a similar impact in the modern game that Shearer had back in the nineties. And it's just something you just got to sit back and admire it because it was yeah. just awesome to see. Uh, let's finish on. Um, I mean, Murd, this is I, honestly. I think this Whoa. is my favourite game of all yes. time. Um, 
It's your heaven choice. It's uh, finished Blackburn 1, Manchester City 4 on the 7th of May in the year 2000. Uh, it was the final game of the season. With one game left, City was second on 86 points. Behind them, Ipswich were third with 84 points, but they had a much worse goal difference. A draw would see City promoted, lose an Ipswich win, and they'd go up instead. Blackburn, meanwhile, were 11th. They couldn't finish inside the playoffs. Ninth was the best they could achieve. Charlton, the champions, hadn't gone up at Ewood uh, the, a few weeks earlier, but it was their first game after promotion and a party game for them. Graeme Souness was almost adamant it wasn't going to happen again. This is what happened that day. Done and done. Dealing with the corner and getting it across. Oh, the header off the ball from Brooms. What a ball in the box. The youngster towering above City defenders. Can't believe it. Matt Janssen. Cleared by Pryor only to David Dunn. Second time that Blackburn have rattled the Manchester City crossbar. Oh, incredible. If she's fans at home sitting watching, I'll be crying. What a strike. Here's Janssen. Goal! And that really has put the cat among the pigeons. Matt Janssen brings despair to Joe Royal. Joy to Suffolk and anxiety increased for all those City fans. Well, there is news to worry Manchester City fans still further. Concerned enough that their team are trailing, they are now hearing that Ipswich have scored at Portman Road through David Johnson, which will put them into second place in the table and will mean that Manchester City have to face the battle of the playoffs unless they can get an equaliser. And away goes Duck. And he's got Janssen up ahead of him and Ward darting to get there. He's got away from Bishop. It's a great run this. Ward against Edgehill. And he's inside him. Oh, it's off the woodwork again. Here's Harpness. And it's Matt Janssen this time. Oh, again. This is extraordinary. Oh, what a bit of skill from the little fella there. Janssen at his best, this is. This is magnificent. What about that for control? Well, they may be trailing 1-0, but the number of times the Blackburn have hit the woodwork, you're starting to wonder, is it City's day? Here's Kennedy. Warlock has made a great run here down the channel, in towards Dickoff and Gota! Sean Gota has got his 29th goal of the season, and from despair to delight, the City fans celebrate. Would you believe it? Edgehill. Looking for go to the goal scorer Daly here has to be careful and he's given them a goal. Christian Daly caught out by the position of his own goalkeeper Alan Kelly. What a helping hand City have been given by a Blackburn defender. Dickoff here looking to secure a win and Kennedy probably has done. Joe Royal takes the acclaim from the goal scorer who's run half the length of the pitch to celebrate with his manager and Nicky Weaver's cartwheel show that the celebrations now can start in earnest. Manchester City will be playing Premiership football next season. And here's Dickoff. And he's gone all the way through. And Paul Dickoff, who played such an important part in the defining moment of Manchester City's turnaround with the goal of Wembley a year ago, has crowned City's return to the Premiership. It's 4-1, and Joe Royal will be back in the big time next season. There we go. Murd, um, 
Honestly, every time this com- this game comes on Sky, I have to watch it. Every time yeah. that third goal goes in, I I start crying. I I can't explain just how much this this game means to me. Yeah, it's it, that game is the reverse of what typically happens to City. We got absolutely battered, and we were abject for an hour. We, we were we were yeah we we just everything. It, the ball was just in and around our area for like what felt like an eternity. And then I don't know what happened. I, I remember Dickov, Bob Taylor going off and Dickov coming on. So clearly that changed the game. But it it just, listening to that, I could listen to it all night. It just brings back so many memories. Don't forget, we, we were in the third division. We got promoted against all odds in that playoff when we were dead and buried. And widely regarded as, let's just consolidate. Yeah, we were not the Joe second Roy- best team in the league that season. Yeah, Joe Joe Royal was always great in the press and he was bigging us up and you just thought it was bravado. Really, he had a real sense of belief that the squad he had, with a few additions, could absolutely go up. And we added Mark Kennedy, who was brilliant that season. But that game was... the. I don't think I've ever seen City win a game where they've been as battered as that. And to, was it four against the Woodwork? Yeah, I, I remember scribbling down earlier today. I scribbled down Matt Janssen and Ashley Ward hit woodwork. I couldn't remember the other two with Marlon Brooms and, and David Dunn, um, and just generally Blackburn were absolutely at it. And and Soonis had made a big play all leading up to it. We're not going to lie down for City. We're not going to lie down for City. And you could well imagine it. The my biggest memory of that day was. <laughs> I was in the Fernhurst, which is the greatest ever away pub in the world. A massive pub. You'll know it, won't you, Ian? Uh, yes, yes. And um, it's no longer with us, of course. Or it wasn't last time I was there. And uh, I remember my mate going, see that guy over there? He doesn't half look like Nick Leeson. And I'm going, <laughs> Nick Leeson's in prison? What are you talking about? Nick Leeson's in No, I'm sure he's out. I'm like, no, he's definitely in prison. Anyway, you're familiar with... Nick Leeson, Ian. Yeah, yeah. I am, yes. Yeah. So, uh, famous City fan, even got arrested in the airport and brought through the airport and he was wearing a City shirt underneath his underneath <laughs> his jumper, uh, which was back then was a highlight for us because it was during the Allen Ball season he got arrested. And um, and anyway, we sit, take our seats. You're not going to believe who sat na- down next to us. I went, Nidge, Nidge, it, 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 it's, it's Nick Leeson. And Nick Leeson <laughs> was sat next to us. So I'm thinking, is he a good omen or a bad omen? So, during the first half, we're getting absolutely battered. Then you score, then you ba- you batter us someone, thinking he's definitely a bad omen. Anyway, it wasn't it wasn't to be for Blackburn, and we just turned a tide. And it was we we had that we had a hugely strong group of players, real togetherness that that Joe Royal had fostered um, with real quality as well. But we had Whitley and Pollock and um, real battlers, Kevin Horlock in midfield, and obviously Dickov and Gota weren't shy of doing a bit of work as well. So we had a team of battlers as well as Richard Jobson, Andy Morrison, people like that, uh, Richard Edgill. So it wasn't always beyond the realms of possibility that we were going to come back from 1-0 down, but again, it, it should have been 5-0. It should have easily been 5-0 already. But the mental strength that that team had, plus a little bit of quality, and Sean Gota, who wherever the ball touched him, it went in the net just meant that it was just an incredible day. You had the fans on the on the hill who couldn't get in. It was a sunny day. Then we were all on the pitch in the stands. It was just amazing. It was just absolutely one of the very, very best days. 
Yeah. Ian, when when the fourth one hit the post, it's it's the mood around Ewood Park at that point, just genuinely, like, it's going to be one of them days. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's, it's fascinating. I'm I'm so grateful you're playing the audio there before I spoke, because I, I got this sense that if I sort of said we battered you, we absolutely <laughs> battered you, they'd be like, "Oh, sore loser, you'd never believe this." But a um, issue 107 of Four Thousand Holes, which was published a couple of months ago, we did a retrospective of 2000 to 2010, and there's a, a an article on this game because I think it was it, whilst it was. A key point for you guys, and obviously getting promotion, it was for us as well, because Sooness had come in just before the end of the season, and he was having a good look at the squad, and I think this day made his mind up that there were a lot of players who didn't have the mental fortitude that he needed the following season. So in a, in a strange way, you did us a favour, because it, it, it outed half the team. Um, we were much, much better the following season when we went up. But no, uh, yeah, hitting the post four times, you kind of think... There's a crushing sense of inevitability here. There were City fans dotted all around the home areas. People had been selling the season tickets because it was the last game of the season. I think Rovers fans had been stopped on Livesey Branch Road and Bolton Road going down to the ground and being offered astronomical sums for the season tickets. So there were City fans just everywhere and on the hill. And I think the, the famous press quote was that it looked like a scene from Zulu with, with all the City fans sort of jumping up and down celebrating. Uh, it was it was one of those days you sort of think, well, good luck to you. Yeah, kind of like, we just have to take that one on the chin. I'm just not sure how that's happened. But we just capitulated in the last 30 minutes. Collapsed like a, a deck of cards. But the good thing that came out of it was Sooness then made the, the, ra- the radical changes that were needed. Yeah, um, it, we, were, we were so much better the following year, but it was an extraordinary game, but for all the wrong reasons from my perspective. Yeah, Murd, the, the moment, I remember speaking to Nicky Weaver about this game, and uh, the moment he says that he knew they were going to win was, uh, it was the third time that Blackburn hit the hit the post. It wasn't <laughs> It wasn't even when, uh, like, they, they hit the post again after this, they were still trailing yeah. at this point, uh, but he said that the moment that Ashley Ward unleashed a brilliant yeah. shot straight past him, and he said, I'm, I'm beating all ends up, I'm, just, I'm, I'm never getting there, and I turned round to watch it go in, and I watched it hit the post and land back in my hands, and I just thought at that point, we can't lose this. Yeah, it was, it, I remember that Ashley Ward, he turned and just curled it, uh, and it was and it was it was some effort, but the I don't remember too many city fans thinking at any point. It's all right. We've got this. <laughs> we, we got this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've got this. Because uh, D- David, you're very much like me, is that you're thinking, well, if anything can go wrong, it will go wrong, and they might hit the bar five times, but they can score another five times. I don't remember being as as, as cocksure as uh, as Nicky Weaver that day. What I do remember is thinking, why are Blackburn eleventh? Yeah. Why, why haven't they just won? The double, the FA Cup, the boat raid—they were just—they just decided to play like Brazil 1970 for one game and one game only. And the other thing that stands out is what a class act Matt Janssen was back then. Yes, what yeah. a what a player he was. He was unbelievable. I thought he was destined for the lot. He was brilliant. But yeah, no, I, I don't. And again, similar to you, David, I can guarantee that even when it was two or three one to us, you wouldn't have thought we were. Gonna win. I think I think that's why the third goal makes me emotional still because I think that's the point at which because knowing yeah. that um, that we only needed a draw, it was like well even if Blackburn score twice, we're still yeah. going up at the moment. So like it's it's almost the goal that puts the promotion beyond doubt. Yeah, it was like we'd come back. You know, we'd we'd gone down to the third division. It was like we'd come back that quickly because 
you know, we it was largely reported that if we didn't go up from the third division, we were snookered. I mean, we were properly in big, big trouble. Um, and so to get relegated to the championship and then the, then the third division, the third tier of English football, and then come back so quickly, it was just, it was like it had all been a bad dream. It yeah. was just really weird. And the sense of emotion, it was, like you say, you get upset at the third goal. It was quite an emotional day for a lot of City fans because they'd been through two years of absolute, or three years, because we didn't go down straight away the first season of the Championship, which was good of them. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it was just it was just a horrendous three years. And all of a sudden, it was like, we're going to be all right. We're finally, we're going to be all right. We've got David Bernstein, who's a, by this time, Ian, we've got a decent owner, a decent chairman, <laughs> who, who seems to know his way around a balance sheet, like any other normal person who knows the way around a balance sheet. And things were just looking up. It was it was great. It was really really good. Yeah, less said about the next season, the better though. Um, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. The uh, the the other story that I've got from uh, from this game is um, Ian. I don't know. I don't know if you know much about kind of Blackburn's structure at that time, but there was a there was a secretary at Blackburn called Tom Finn. Um, yes. he he was a he was secretary at Oldham when Joe Royal was uh, was the manager at Oldham. So he oh, okay. he said they they knew each other quite well. Um, and he said he didn't tell Graham Souness, but he was quite pleased for for Royal and for City that they that they'd gone up. Um, and anyway, they they ended up getting into a fight after the season, um, or as as close to a, a fight as friends can get, because they'd gone for some drinks to to celebrate the end of the season. And uh, Royal, after a few drinks, uh, had offered um, a substantial amount of money to buy the posts and crossbars from uh, Ewood Park to take them over to Main Road <laughs> because he thought they were lucky. <laughs> Very, very good. I've not heard that tale. That, that's a good one. The, the one that, the one that, well, it's not a tale so much as an image, of course. Is if uh, if you're familiar with the Homes of Football website, Stuart Roy Clark with his 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 photograph library. There, the one, the one of the main photos that's usually on the landing page is uh, when City have scored the third goal, and it's the picture of the guy right at the front with a crutch, it's like in the air, obviously not worried about his broken ankle or whatever it is. <laughs> He's just going to celebrate, and I imagine that every City supporter has that framed on their uh, on the mantelpiece, yeah. so that, to, to look at on, on on fond days. But no, an absolutely extraordinary day, as I say, but for all the wrong reasons from my perspective, all the right reasons. From yours yeah uh, was it the next season that you came up uh Ian, it again? Was. Did, yeah. did we effectively yeah. swap we we went down from the premier league you Correct. came up and we swapped yeah. places yeah 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 so justice was done in the end you might say <laughs> <laughs> lovely stuff uh right so that's the end of this edition of city heaven city hell thank you very much to my guests thanks ian herbert from four thousand holes my pleasure really enjoyed it and thanks also to murd lovely thanks dave thanks ian This is the 4,000 Holes Podcast, brought to you by the people at brfcs.com and sponsored by the lovely people at The Terrace. Network. It's the 90th minute. All you mates around. 
you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.